You're listening to Movie Homework, brought to you by the Binge Media Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. edition of movie homework i'm jack and i'm joined today as always by the man the myth the step chad what's going on hey buddy i'm i'm great i'm doing fantastic we don't ever get to talk about you know a lot of these current movies so we said why not let's fucking knock this out and give our own top 10 and some other stinker movies and tomorrow mentions and such so that's right we're doing a 2023 wrap-up show movie wise now uh, a couple Ooh. caveats here uh, nobody except for Stepchad can see every movie that comes out in a year. So uh, there are a few that I still have on my list that I have not been able to get to for one reason or another. Um, you know, that's always going to happen. And, uh, you know, th- that uh, gives you an opportunity to modify the list in the future. But as it stands right now, we have a couple of top tens for you. And uh, we also have some bottom films of the year and i think we should probably start off with a few of those chad so (laughs) what uh i I have a feeling you have more than i do i have one clear worst movie of the year um so either i can start with mine or we can roll the dice and see whether or not you mentioned mine first because i can't imagine that it's not on your list uh, actually, I'm very interested now that you have a very clear one because there's a yeah. lot of crap, like there always is. But yeah, like you said, this is this li- these lists are ever evolving. You see a movie multiple times, it'll end up moving up the list. This is where we are in January of 24, our favorites. But I, I don't know. I feel like you should start with the worst because now I'm like very intrigued. <laughs> All right. So before I say that, I actually want to pose a question, and I don't really have an answer for it yet. But maybe this is something that we uh, we we kind of think about throughout the episode. Was 2023 a good year for film? Just floating it out there. I think it was. I think it was. I think that, you know, COVID obviously happened. Uh, We're we're three years beyond that now, but a lot of these auteur directors, we had Scorsese, Nolan, I mean, Fincher, so many people releasing movies uh, in 23. And yeah, I think we're going to look back and... I don't know. I think my top 10 here is a very strong top 10. And so I, I will revisit majority of these movies probably the rest of my life so i I think so i mean where are you at do you think 2023 was a good year i think it had some high highs some low lows and i think it had some movies that i am going to revisit but there were not a ton that i can say confidently were just like amazing favorites for me i Mm, I think that this is a this is a really strong top 10 list but a lot of these movies in my top 10 are kind of heady and I don't know how often they're going to get rewatched. I think a few of them I'm going to throw on all the time. Mm. But it doesn't remind... This year isn't, say, like a 2007, where I can make a top 10 from that year, and every one of those movies is either like an absolute favorite of mine or something I am going to rewatch forever. Um, Mm -hmm. This list feels a little bit different for me. So I think it was a good year, I think maybe time will tell whether or not it was a great year. I do think yeah, there were great agree. films, but I don't know if there were favorites. And maybe that has a lot to do with the fact that 
we didn't get a great balance of blockbusters this year. You know, we got a lot of, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, crap. You know, um, yes. And the yeah, the blockbusters that did come out were misses completely for the most part, right? And yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that though. My top ten, I don't think they're. I mean, box office wise, one of these is a juggernaut, but the rest of them, you're right. I mean, it's it's not a huge blockbuster year, but. See, I think, I don't know, I think 21, 2021, 22, I think we're just meh years. Yes. There's some, you know, and I think that's what made this stand out. I think 2019 is an absolutely great year. Uh, that's like the, the last really great year we had, you know, in Once Upon a Time. I mean, it's Uncut Gems, Midsummer. I mean, we've talked about it many times. That was um, Parasite, too, wasn't it? That year? Par- yes, Parasite. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. The Lighthouse, the, the, just a lot of great movies that year. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where I'm coming from because the last few have just been so poor. This one, yeah. I think, yeah, it just, it just stood out. So, yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, all right. So before I mention the worst film of the year, um, I just want to I, I, I want to say up front that there are two movies that are on my list that they're very high on my list, and I just haven't been able to see either of them. And I, I have a feeling at least one of these would probably be in the top ten. And those two movies are The Zone of Interest and The Iron Claw. So just putting that aside, haven't had an opportunity to see those yet. But I have also not seen The Zone of Interest and American Fiction. Those are the two that are my outliers. I missed gotcha. the screenings on both of those. So gotcha. On the list, I, I, I haven't seen American Fiction either. So. Yep. So yeah. All right. So the worst movie of the year, I, I think I'm also going to confidently say worst movie of the decade and possibly okay. in contention for the worst movie I think that I've ever seen, maybe that's ever been made. <laughs> All right. I think this was in March or April of this year. This tiny little fucking indie movie, indie horror movie. Came out of nowhere, oh, was all yeah, over social media, <laughs> and the entire movie amounted to an hour and 45 minutes of blurry footage of a camera looking in the dark at corners of a room. That movie is Skinamarink. What a gigantic, monumental fucking piece of garbage this movie was. Fuck this movie forever. Honestly, I remember watching it, being angry at the one jump scare because it's it's just completely manipulative bullshit. Uh, Stupid fucking movie. If you like this movie, then I don't I don't know if you are uh, if you should legally be able to drive a motor vehicle. Like I, I don't know what's wrong in your head that makes you think that this is something that is worth anybody's time. Skinamarink is a piece of shit. Fuck that movie. Worst mm-hmm. movie of the decade, easily. <laughs> so I have not seen Skinamarink. Uh, <laughs> I, I based on I, I remember you, Alex, about, some of the other bingers had seen it, and I'm like, all right, I have no reason to ever watch that movie. It was on the list because of there was yeah the random corners of the horror internet was like this is fucking amazing indie horror, and then people I trust, I respect your opinion, I respect. Yeah, so I'm like, mm, it's, I don't need to waste my time with that. So I've not no. seen it. It is not on my list. So no. I'm good with never watching it. Thanks to uh, your recommendation here. So <laughs> there you go. So yeah. All right. What what do you have as the worst movies of the year? All right. I I wrote down. I just wrote down eight because they're just we, can, oh, we don't have to, we, we don't we don't have to stay. I just kind of was just browsing. So ghosted, Apple yep. original, fucking just absolutely atrocious chris evans picks i don't know what that guy's doing with the movies he picks half the time 
get a better agent. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, just an absolutely, <laughs> uh, just an absolutely abysmal indie horror movie, and it was made for nothing. And you can tell every bit of it. They have like human hands, which is fucking trash. Uh, Exorcist Believer, yeah, uh, just that would be there. just an absolute misfire from that whole crew. David, uh, fucking, I get what's his goddamn name? Why am I drawing uh, a blank Gordon right now? Green. David Gordon Green, stop making horror movies. Uh, do you have any more? I don't want to just. I mean, I can just fly down the list here. I mean, not really. I, I didn't think too much about it, honestly. Like, I, I just knew Skinnamarink was such yeah. a piece of trash that there's nothing that even comes close to it. It's <laughs> look, I, we're in 2024 now. I'm confident that there will not be a movie worse than Skinnamarink until at least 2030. That's how bad that movie is. So. <laughs> I love it. Uh, House Party remake, dog shit. Oof. The Pope's Exorcist, dog shit. My Big Fat Greek Ugh. Wedding 3, absolutely dog shit. Expendables 4, oh. awful. And uh, the, this was a more recent one, Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. Oh, man. Just, it's Zack Snyder. I, they're already teasing, well, it's my director's cut. Fuck off. If you have to do this for every goddamn movie you make, then just, I mean, just stop it. Just, I, I, no, no. Yeah. If you've seen Star Wars, if I, maybe if I've never seen a Star Wars movie or anything like that, this movie would be completely original and everything. But it all it does is just steal all the tropes from Seven Samurai Star Wars. You've seen it a thousand times, just thrown sure. into this very terrible. Let's see, bad, 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 bad. So that that was just a quick eight I wrote down. I could have probably kept going with some others. There was a lot of bad movies, like there always are. But mm. yeah, that's kind of where um, I was at. So, yeah, yeah, that's. Oof, that's a, that's a, that's quite a list. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I uh, I think we should just kick this thing off, and we'll go back and forth. Uh, you know, ten, ten, nine, nine, all that stuff. Um, and uh, Chad, you want to go first, or you want me to go? I can go. I'll go. I'll start it off. All right. Uh, my number ten is Air. Ah, is... <laughs> yes, Very Ben cool. Affleck returning to the director's chair. This movie. It is just it's just like comfort. It, it it hits the 80s nostalgia. One of the best ensembles of the year. Very this movie is so rewatchable. I've watched it a couple times this year and it's you're playing on Jordan's one of my favorite players ever of course and just the whole thing. I just just really fun movie. That is my number 10. Absolutely. And a movie that I hope doesn't get forgotten um when it's when it comes Oscar time. It feels like it's it just came out too early in the year, but um mm-hmm. Also a cool movie when you think about the fact that Affleck and Damon wanted to make this production company that was all about fostering creativity and artists. And Mm -hmm. they kind of made a movie that is about that and just going in a direction and believing in that thing. Um, I always appreciate that kind of meta stuff. But yeah, Air, great, great movie. Had a great time with that this year. Um, All right, my number 10 is actually a movie that I saw last week and can't get it out of my head um i believe it's a spanish language movie uh called when evil lurks and Mm. this flick um i i think there's different shades of horror right there's just there's like your exorcist flavor of horror where it's absolutely terrible what's happening and you're you're kind of you know you're you're sort of chilled to the bone at the goings-on then there's other types of horror where it's just slapstick comedy and, uh, you know, it's your Evil Dead 2 style. Um, I think it's kind of rare to have a horror movie that is at once disgusting but also 
like furiously hilarious. Um, mm. And there are scenes in this movie where I couldn't believe what I was seeing, and I just was laughing like a little bitch. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how else to describe it to you. Um, Chad, have have you seen this? Yeah, this is in my honorable mentions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, this this movie. There's a scene with a dog that I. I, I can't tell you how hard I was laughing. I couldn't believe what they were doing, and then when, <laughs> when it fucking happens, and then they go back to it and show what's happening. Perfect perfection. So this, this yes. movie was fun. Uh, loved it. When evil lurks. Quite the original horror movie. Yes. <laughs> and I should also mention, Air was in my honorable mentions. Yeah, so. oh, very nice, very nice. Uh, all right, my number nine is Nicolas Cage's Dream Scenario. Also on my list to watch. Yes, I think this is the funniest movie of the year. Uh, I, it, yeah, just it, great Cage performance. Uh, he's kind of had that, like, renaissance ever really. For me, it's been since Mandy. I absolutely yes. love Mandy. Uh, I mean, the pig a few years ago. Cage is just clicking, and this, this plays up the... It plays the nickel up on the Nicolas Cage of it. Uh, I, there's a there's a romance scene in this movie that probably the funniest scene of the year. I mm. probably laughed the hardest I did, but it's also just, it's got that like just the dark little bit of a dark underlying thing going on with it as well. I'm excited to see what this director Christopher Borgley uh, does in the future because this was a a pretty pretty cool pretty cool flick. It's very short. It's it's like a uh, hundred minutes too. So it's yeah. Doesn't out say it's welcome. Just, just good, really good time. Excellent. Yeah, it's on. It's on mine and Meg's short list. Uh, actually, last week when we watched When Evil Lurks, it was a coin flip between that and Dream Scenario. So there you oh, go. Okay. Um, all right, my number nine film is the only superhero film on my list. So uh, you know any any of the others, you can speculate as to whether or not they were in the honorable mentions or not. And mine is Across the Spider Verse. Everyone keeps telling me how my story is supposed to go. Nah, I'm gonna do my own thing. Um, if I were to describe this movie in one word, it's just it's fucking dope, dude. Like this movie's just fucking cool. I, I the first one was awesome. The second one was more awesome. I, it's so interesting the way that they're animating these movies. Um, the style in which they make them, uh, the whole concept of the multiverse seems like it would be already tired, even though Marvel kind of fumbled the ball on that, uh, with their MCU and mm-hmm. flash obviously fucked that up pretty badly as well. Um, I don't know. Across the spider verse seems like it's perfectly, it's perfectly catered to, to that story. Um, it works really well. I think it also helps that this, uh, PlayStation released a Spider-Man 2 game this year that also was kick-ass, and it had Peter and Miles, and, you know, it, it, it's been a, a good year for, for Spider-Man fans. It's been a good run for Spider-Man fans for the last, like, 20 years, to be totally honest with you, but, nope. um, but yeah, Spider-Punk. great movie, and fantastic time at the theater. Spider-Punk is fucking awesome. That's right. Spider-Punk. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my number eight movie is, uh... In my opinion, the best Godzilla movie ever made. Godzilla minus one. Uh, also on my to-watch list. It, I honestly, of uh, like the spectacle type movies, this blew me away. I, re- I really went into it expecting nothing. I'm like, oh God, here we go. 
they nail the human aspect of it. Godzilla is absolutely terrifying in this movie. I mean, he is just fucking up cities with just no regard for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, g- just really, really good. Really, really fun. Uh, highly recommend Godzilla Minus One. I'll be interested to see what Law says about Godzilla Minus One, honestly, and see what he says. It's so disappointing that I missed this in the theater because I heard through the grapevine that there is a scene where, let's just say you know it's on in a particular scene, and they use a uh, classic Godzilla needle drop, so... Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I, well, you're in business because January 26th, it goes back into theaters, and it's also going as, in as black and white. So you, you get two options. I don't know what's going on okay. around you, but it is going back in theaters the 26th of January. So All right. If that happens, I'm getting there because i got I got to see this fucking movie. But, all right. IMAX. Highly recommended IMAX. Yep. Yeah, if it's on there, I definitely will be there. But All right. My number eight movie, um, a Canadian film. Uh, something I wasn't anticipating. I wasn't looking forward to it. I had no... I don't know. I had, I had no idea this was getting made but i saw it was coming out i saw it starred a uh comedy uh actor that i I really like and give it a shot uh so my number eight is blackberry um so i you know there there have been a bunch of these movies right we've got tetris we've got air we've got blackberry this year Mm -hmm. uh movies about well i guess barbie falls into this category too but like movies about a product or Mm -hmm. the creation of a product or a thing um, it's kind of weird that we've gotten all these movies all at once. That what was the Cheeto one? Flaming Hot. That's another one, right? Yes. Um, uh-huh. I think uh, as much as I liked Air, I kind of like Blackberry a little bit more, and I think it has everything to do with Glenn Howerton. Like he is oh. such a fucking bastard in this movie, and he's hilarious, and it's a, it's a real movie star performance to me. Um, I think it, it kind of proves that he's got the chops to. You know, do his own thing. Should he ever want to stop doing It's Always Sunny? Um, or maybe, you know, at the same time as doing that. Um, yeah, I just... I, I thought that this was a slam dunk of a movie. I think Jay Baruchel is pretty good in it. Um, yeah, everybody here was, was just solid. I liked the story. Um, I won't say it was unpredictable. Obviously, we know what happens to the BlackBerry phone. Uh, and we kind of know the arc of things. But I just liked that this movie was coming from a, a perspective of, uh, you know, almost like a slacker filmmaker making a movie about slackers who kind of mismanaged their their product and, and what happens as a result of that. Um, to say nothing for the fact that this movie has a reference to probably my most used YouTube video of all time, uh, which I, I couldn't believe when I heard this. Did you see this movie? I didn't. It's in my honorable mentions as well. Okay, so I don't know if you remember this scene or not. Uh, i got to find my, my board here. Where is it now? Come on. Uh, the, 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 uh... All those people who called me a sleepwalker, I woke up. So we all know Steve Spiros at this point, thanks to me, but I, when I heard this line in Blackberry, I couldn't fucking believe what I was hearing. Get ready for a hostile takeover of this entire fucking league, okay? You fuck! You think I won't fucking do it? I'm from Waterloo, where the vampires hang out! Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? That's got to go in my top ten. So that's, that's my number eight, Blackberry. I totally forgot about that. That that was, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Amazing. Ah, uh, love it. All right, my number seven is 
a neon flick, which in my opinion, neon is three for three now out of can. These are the last three Palm to Ore winners. 2021 Titan, 2022 Triangle of Sadness, 2023 Anatomy of a Fall. Ooh, hold, uh, on. hold on, hold on. I don't know. You, you, you come here, okay, with your maybe your opinion, and you tell me who Samuel was and what we were going through. But what you say is just, uh, it is just a little part of the whole situation, you know. I mean, sometimes, sometimes a couple is kind of a chaos and everybody is lost, no? And sometimes we fight together and sometimes we fight alone and sometimes we, we fight against each other. That happens. And I think it's possible that somewhere needed to see things the way you described them, but if, if I'd been seeing a therapist, he could stand here too and say very ugly things about Samuel, but would those things be true? Pretty interesting movie, eh? Oh, very, very interesting. I mean, it, it keeps you guessing the whole time. The comp- very complex characters, uh... The, the use of you know different languages throughout the movie just kind of merging i yeah i i really really had a good time with this movie uh mm. is this on your list at all uh yeah we'll we'll see where it uh where mm. it lands yeah okay see. okay okay all right. all right yeah very interesting flick all right uh my number seven is uh you know the great paul giamatti in the holdovers I can tell by your faces that many of you are shocked at the outcome. I, on the other hand, am not, because I have had the misfortune of teaching you this semester, and even with my ocular limitations, I witness firsthand your glazed, uncomprehending expressions. Sir, I don't understand. That's glaringly apparent. No, it's... uh, I can't fail this class. Oh, don't sell yourself short, Mr. Coates. I truly believe that you can. Uh, just a, I don't know, like a warm blanket of a movie. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, really funny, really solid, perf- three really solid lead performances. Mm-hmm. Um, felt like it was made in the 70s. Soundtrack worked for me. Uh, yeah, th- I, and it feels like another kind of Christmas staple. Um, I don't know what else to say. This is probably my favorite Alexander Payne movie. Um, I don't Ooh. think that I've loved a movie as much as this one that he's made. So, um, awesome. yeah, the, great movie. Uh, I've only seen it once. I, I'm actually looking forward to watching it again. Um, it's it's very solid. So, yeah, strong recommendation for my number. Uh, was it number six? The Holdovers. Stay tuned. It might be on my list. Okay. Uh, my number six movie. I, I oh, that was my like number seven. Not... Sorry, I fucked that up. That was my number seven. Oh, number seven. Okay. Uh, my number six is Mr. David Fincher's The Killer. Ooh. I think this is a return to form. I've been seeing some people uh, having some issues with this movie, but I, I don't, I don't, I'm curious to know what people were expecting for this because this is kind of right in line with his style. Uh, really, a, ba- a hitman that's bad at his job. Uh, the Smiths soundtrack going along here. 
I, I think it's just really clever. Uh, I saw this in the theater, which also helped. I didn't see this on Netflix where I was pausing it, going to the bathroom. Uh, I had a really, really great time with this movie. Uh, that's yep. my number six. So I uh, saw this movie, and I can say that I don't really totally get what he was going for. Um, I, I liked it, I think, but it just seemed like a... Uh, in a weird way, and maybe this is the Netflix of it all, kind of felt like the pilot episode for a series that's forthcoming, or like part one of some kind of trilogy of films. Um, and it felt very minor to me. So, uh, some good ideas, but yeah, I I didn't even put this in my honorable mentions. Honestly, I saw it. I thought it was I thought it was fine. So, mm-hmm. I, don't know what, all right. I don't know what else to say. All right. I respect your opinion, but I disagree. Uh, All right. uh, Number six is the fucking best action movie of the year. Uh, It's John Wick Chapter 4. Look, there were a lot of movies that were three hours this year. In fact, a bunch of them were coming up on on my list, so stay tuned for those. But um, this one, I just... It's everything I want out of an action movie. I mean, if you're going to have... Car chase, why not make it in the opposite direction around the Arc de Triomphe in France? And then, you know, top that off with an overhead gunfight with a dragon's breath Mm. shotgun, uh, like every video game I have loved for my entire life. And then also top that with an extended fight sequence on a never-ending set of stairs. Um, I, I loved this movie. I loved watching it in the theater. I have watched the action scenes in this dozens of times at this point um movies like this i I think this is just like the perfect marriage of fun and uh supreme technical ability uh love it i I, I, probably my favorite john wick movie so yeah i would agree with that and this is my honorable mentions that dragon's breath scene best best action scene of the year not close just so good so good. amazing. I mean, it's such a simple idea too. How how had nobody thought to do that before? Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, my number five. It's one that you mentioned you hadn't seen. It is the feel good movie of the year, The Iron Claw. Mm. <laughs> uh, and by that I mean it is not. It is extremely depressing. If you've not seen or don't know the story, I would say do not research, read up on it, go in blind. Um, Really, I, I rewatched this movie again with my uh, my dad, and my brother this this week. They, uh, it's, I mean, it's a really a father son story. It is uh, Efron, easily his best performance. He, he he goes for it. He he's on all the juice in this movie. It's just a really really uh, grounded movie uh, about brotherhood and, and family and uh, really just a, a parent that probably pushes everyone a little too hard, but can't get out of his own way. Um, mm. Really, really good movie. Really, really good movie. So, Excellent. Really I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I just haven't gotten there yet. So, yep. All right. Uh, my number five. Uh, this is the second funniest movie of the year to me. And who would have thought that a remake or a reimagining of Pink Floyd's The Wall would be this good? But it is. <laughs> and that's Bo is Afraid. Uh, three hours of Joaquin Phoenix getting his shit tortured endlessly um really hilarious cameos in this movie 
Um, one of them in particular, I, I remember we're, I'm in the theater with the right people, of course, and my buddy and I are sitting there, and we see somebody, we think we see like half of somebody's face, and then the scene cuts away, you never see him again, but the two of us after the movie were like, was that who I thought it was? And we're like, yeah, that was him. And then we looked it up. Sure enough, it was him. Fucking hilarious. Like, <laughs> my God. Uh, I love this movie. And look, I get it. If people don't like it, they don't have the patience for it. Whatever. Fine. Go watch something else. Uh, Ari Aster's three for three. I'm I'm in the bag for what, whatever this dude's making. I can't wait to see his next movie. Love this. But Bo, I was afraid was was like, yeah, I don't know. It's just it was my kind of movie, I guess. Yeah, if, if anxiety was a movie, it is yeah, this. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's another one of my honorable mentions. Uh, yeah. Had a good time as well. Mm. All right, my number four is Mr. Uh, Mr. Yorgos Lanthimos's Poor Things. Ooh, I think I have a clip for this. Here we go. These two are fighting and ideas are banging around in Bella's head and heart like lights in a storm. Oh. You're always reading now, Bella. You're losing some of your adorable way of speaking. I'm a changingable feast, as are all of we. Apparently, according to Emerson, disagreed with by Harry. Come, come, just come. You were in my son. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go, go, go for it. So what is it? Poor things, right? Number, number, you're number four. Poor things, number four. Yeah, I mean Emma Stone absolutely goes for it. I mean. I can't say that many Hollywood actresses would do what she does in this movie. I mean, she some of the, the most nudity I've seen in a mainstream movie in a long time. Uh, yeah. Extremely funny. Mark Ruffalo is hilarious in this movie. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's this this feminist, not even feminist, just the reimagining of a Frankenstein story with her dis- discovering uh, just what it means to to be a woman and. Uh, to have sex a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, it, I, I, yeah, this, it, it, I don't know. This isn't my favorite Yorgos movie. I still think that's the lobster, which we touched on, but mm. I think with rewatches, it, it can climb to, to right there at number two. I, I had a really, really good time with the poor things. Somebody described this to me, and I think it's pretty spot on as like, this is the acceptable Academy version of Barbie. Like, Emma Stone is going to win all the awards that Barbie, maybe some people think Barbie should get. Um, mm. Which is which is an interesting take. Uh, I do think that there are some similar themes to both movies, but sure. um, we'll have to see what happens in a couple of months. But, yeah. Yeah, poor things, yeah. Yorgos. Um, I, would say she, I, would, I would say she was a shoe-in to win Best Actress, but she's yeah. got Lily, Lily Gladstone to go up against, and I think she's probably the, the front-runner here. But, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but... Um, all right, my number four is our, our boy. It's Marty, Killers of the Flower Moon. We, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, I have not watched the whole movie a second time, but I have kind of skipped through and watched some select scenes. I've watched that ending a couple of times. Um, it, Marty, it, you were talking a little bit on our Michael Mann episode about um, Black Hat. You mentioned that Mann... You know, he's kind of fulfilling Tarantino's prophecy of the old director, right? And his, the quality of his movies is dropping off. Um, Scorsese's like the Tom Brady of, of film directors. He's the one exception <laughs> yep. to the rule. Um, 100%. And it seems like his quality is not diminished whatsoever. Um, no. Yeah. Killers just has, you know, Leo's great. De Niro's great. Lily Gladstone is better than both of them. 
score is awesome. I mean, we talked about this movie a lot a couple weeks back, mm-hmm. so we don't have to rehash everything. If you want to hear my full thoughts, you can go there and listen to it. But yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon is one of the best of the year. Stay tuned. Uh, my number three, you touched on it. Alexander Payne's The Holdovers. Very nice. This, uh, this is going to be in my Christmas rotation for the rest of my life. Uh, I absolutely love Alexander Payne. There's something about all of his movies that really work for me. Mine's downsizing. We'll skip that. We'll skip that one. Uh, Nebraska was my favorite movie of 2013. Uh, Sideways was one of my favorite movies of 2004. Uh, election about Schmidt. I, there's just something about his writing that really works. Uh, Dominic Sessa, the kid in this movie, I, first movie ever, and uh, you would have never guessed it watching this movie. Mm. Uh, he's fantastic. Paul Giamatti is just, he's just always great. And Divine Joy Randolph. I mean, the, the three leads here are just just firing on all cylinders. And uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. The, 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 from the first trailer, the trailer debut on Oppenheimer, that throwback, you know, 70s vibe and... Uh, it just works really well throughout this whole movie. So Yeah, you know, I, I heard this idea on another podcast where in the 70s especially, you had movies that were just, they're not trying to sell a product, they're not part of a franchise, they're not trying to, they're not in conversation with like a real life event, they're just trying to be a good story unto themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like The Holdovers is, is a throw, excuse me, a throwback to that kind of filmmaking where the movie is it's just this story you're not you don't have to take anything into it you don't have to get anything from it it's just it's trying to be a good story on its own merit it's not trying to um be influenced by the outside world or have you come away with some uh you know great message about what's happening here it's just here's a story about some characters Here's what happens to them, and how do you feel about it? Um, yep. It's pretty pretty nice to see. So, mm-hmm. um, All right, my number three is a movie that you mentioned earlier, and I agree with everything you said. I just uh, had this a little bit higher on my list, Anatomy of a Fall. Um, so all the things that you said previously are correct. I also would like to say that as somebody who grew up listening to ACDC and Metallica and Led Zeppelin and had no awareness of 50 Cent... Uh, Pimp is a fucking <laughs> awesome song, but it's way better when it's covered by a steel drum band. So just <laughs> FYI for those who aren't aware. Um, but yeah, this movie yeah. has been stuck in my head since I've seen it. I've recommended it to a bunch of different people. Um, the more I think about it, the more I'm, I'm thinking a rewatch is going to be in order uh, in the next couple of weeks. It's just, it's such a fascinating, interesting movie that you can kind of find your own ideas of what's going on shifting throughout. Um, there's just enough ambiguity with certain things that happen where there isn't a definitive answer as to what happened here. And that that's actually the best part of the movie is that it kind of lives in that space. And, and that's, that's kind of the point of the story. Um, so yeah, really great film. And I think I mentioned this in the binge discord a few weeks back, but, um, Anybody who's worried about this being a foreign film, this has no more subtitles than something like *Inglorious Bastards*. Um, no. it, and and it uses la- one of the things I really like about this movie is it uses language in a very creative way. Um, there are I think four languages spoken in the movie, and there's good reasoning behind the different languages that are used at different times. I thought that was 
also something that made the film a little bit more engaging than just this movie was translated into subtitles and now you have to read it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, really loved Anatomy of the Fall. Yep. Agree with everything you said. Uh, number two for me, you just touched on it, our boy Marty. Killers. Killers of the Flower mm-hmm. Moon. Saw this movie three times now. It is three and a half hours, but does not feel it. I, it, it's it's wild to me. I it, it's it just moves. It's the pacing is just so like just great. Uh, mm. Performances are all stand out. De Niro, like one of his best performances in a long time. Uh, mm. He's I, he's just just a terrible terrible person. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what else I can say. Listen to our our uh, movie homework on that a few few months back, and uh, love to love me some killers. Excellent. All right. Number two, uh, this might shock you, my number two movie of the year. Um, mm. If I were a betting man, I'd say you would think this would be my number one movie of the year, but it's not. And here's the thing. This is a great film. This is a great filmmaker. This movie deserves everything that's coming its way. But it's probably, if I think about it, it's probably my fourth favorite film that this director's made. That movie is Oppenheimer. And I have a clip. We're theorists. Yes? We imagine a future, and our imaginings horrify us. They won't fear it until they understand it, and they won't understand it until they've used it. When the world learns the terrible secret of Los Alamos, our work here will ensure a peace mankind has never seen based on the kind of international cooperation that Roosevelt always envisaged. No denying monumental achievement for Nolan. Uh, incredible performances. Amazing technical achievement. Amazing what this and Barbie did for cinema this year. Mm. The, all of that is incredible. It deserves every Oscar that it is inevitably going to earn. And I can't really say anything bad about this movie. The only thing I can tell you is that there's no way that if I have the option, I'm going to choose Oppenheimer if my other options are The Dark Knight, Tenet, and Dunkirk. It's just not going to happen, you know? Like, I know which Blu-ray I'm reaching for in that case. So, I think this is a great movie. This is not a slight against it. I think it is the strongest of nines. But I don't know that the rewatch value is there for me. And that's the only thing that makes this not my number one movie of the year. So, for me, Oppenheimer's number two. Let's just keep it going. Easily my number one movie of the year. Oppenheimer. Not, not even close. I don't know, man. This, this, this it could be my favorite Nolan. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I love Inception and The Dark Knight. Those are my one and two. There's uh, another. I, I've seen it three times now. The, the, the fact that you know, Nolan is very much known for a lot of spectacle. Uh, and some people would say, oh, he's all style, no substance. I would disagree with that. But the fact that he made a three-hour movie that is mostly dialogue-driven, as engaging as he did, with the score going behind every dialogue scene, and it just feels like, no matter what, it just feels like something's always on the horizon. And this is a history lesson, right? I mean, this is based on history, and... Yeah, this it just really, really works. I've I can't tell you how many times I've listened to this score. It, it's it just it's always in the score. rotation, always in the rotation. Uh, 
yeah, man, I, 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 it deserves everything it's going to get. I think it is going to absolutely clean house at the Oscars. What a, what a huge risk for Universal too to give him all of this money to do this, and you know, it goes up against his rival studio the same same week. I would say this movie probably would obviously not have done as well without the Barbenheimer uh, right. factor with it. That definitely helped. That this movie still would have done well, but. Uh, the fact that this is my blockbuster on the list because it's over 300 million domestic. Who would have ever thought it rated R uh, biopic? It, it, it's it's wild, man. And I, I just respect Nolan so much. I cannot wait to see what he does next. Yeah, Easily number one for me, Oppenheimer. Excellent. All right, my number one movie of the year. I am what I am. I can't deny that. All right, I'm not going to try and be something that I'm not. If you can make a movie that has... A character that like burps bubbles and then never <laughs> references what the fuck that's about in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you've got a movie that ends in a montage of ceramic dildos and like vaginas. Um, I- I'm sorry, but Poor Things was fucking phenomenal. It's it's Fair my enough. favorite Yorgos movie. Um, I, I, I kind of loved everything about it. Maybe not everything about it. Gerard Carmichael didn't need to be there. It was kind of dull. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was but really man, random. Just a hilarious movie. Um, unique. I thought that the, the, the whole visual style was great. You know what this movie reminded me of? It made me realize that somewhere along the line, Tim Burton started making movies for Disney, and it fucked his career. And had he just stuck with being Tim Burton, I think he probably would have ended up making something like this. Because um, what is this movie other than an R-rated Edward Scissorhands, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I loved it. I thought it was really smart. I thought the script was great. I thought the visuals were awesome. Um, the score was hilarious. The, the scene where mm-hmm. Bella's dancing, I don't even know how to describe that music or what that instrument is that the guy's playing. But, man, it's just it's wacky. It's just a wacky movie. Um, yep. Really liked the cast, uh, except for, you know, the, the, the Gerard Carmichael of it all. I, I found it to be a weird, like, way too on the nose character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it was a it was a movie that I wanted to see. I had a feeling I was going to like. I ended up really loving. And awesome. I actually can't wait to watch it again. Um, yep. And there's so many things that are just odd, right? Like, you have the one woman running the brothel who essentially looks like a goblin prostitute. Who for some reason <laughs> likes to bite Bella, which like, <laughs> is weird. Um, you know the, the the whole progression of her character trying to learn how to walk and talk and read and how all that evolves is 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 fun. It's just fun to watch. Um, really good time. Uh, I yeah. I, I don't know. And and the reaction to the other people who were in the theater with me was was also great because you had a lot of folks who were uh, older. We'll say um, we had one couple in particular who had brought their son who was clearly in his like mid twenties, and I don't think that they knew what they were in for. So I'm sure that kid didn't have a good time. But um, yeah, I I I think that if she's in the best actress category and Lily Gladstone is supporting actress, those are going to be your two locks. Like they're 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 going to win those. Like I don't know that anybody else is is going to be good enough to challenge either of them. But yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm not sure. If- Gladstone's running and supporting or or best. So yeah, that that's going to be yeah. the, the race to watch for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, where else are you going to see a, a duck with with like do- a dog body, you know? I mean, it's man, it, it's, I just in here. too 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 much too much to laugh at. This is what this movie yeah. was, but Yeah, I think th- this is one of the I mean, this is only going to get better with rewatches 100%. So, yeah, that's 
yeah it's good man it's, and, it, and he's got another one coming the, the kind of kindness coming later this year with emma stone and defoe and yeah whole crew's back so yeah i i hope that he leans more into this kind of weird because while i i've liked his movies up to this this was the first one where i felt like it kind of fired on all cylinders for me um it, it just had it had the weird factor it had that sort of i don't want to call it quirkiness but it's just it's odd like Quirky's the wrong, the wrong word there. But and I also appreciated that there seemed like there was so much thought put into, um, like Emma Stone's performance. You know, um, it seemed like she had an idea of okay. You know, Bella's brain has been in this body for you know a couple weeks. Now she's around like a twenty year old. Now she's going to be around like thirty five. How does that change? How does her speech pattern change? How does her movement change? Um, it was just it's 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 a great movie star role, um, yep. yeah. So so yeah, just just edged out Oppenheimer. Believe that. Believe that. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Um, only you know it's funny. I had a list of honorable mentions and I forgot to say this earlier. I, I couldn't really fit it in anywhere else, but I did want to mention May December um, because that movie it, it's not a top ten. It's an honorable mention, but that one. Check that movie out. If if, you, if anybody out there who hasn't seen it, give that movie a watch. I think you think that movie's one thing, but it's very mm-hmm. different than what I expected. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and it's it's a pretty. I I think the guy in that his name's Charles Melton. I have a feeling he's going to be the next big A lister. He's going to be like an Austin yeah. Butler type. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's, he's blown really up. fucking good. Yep, he's uh, he's with he's a Riverdale kid, right? Like they've been trying to make I those Riverdale so. kids something for a while, and he seems like the one that's going to break out. So yeah, he's he's really great. In that movie, he's easily the standout. So. Yeah, good. And Julianne Moore in her fucking lisp, Jesus like Christ, that. she goes she goes for it in that thing. Too. I think we're out of hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the score too is just so melodramatic. This <laughs> is like yeah, that piano. Wild. Um, so, did you have any other any other honorable mentions? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do want to mention, uh, you know, it, it was not a good year for the MCU, but Guardians 3 was a slam dunk for me. Um, yeah. Just didn't have space for it in the top 10. I think I mentioned before Air, that was a close, uh, it was a, probably like number 11 on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, lack of, of great documentaries this year. Um, I don't know if maybe that's because of COVID, people were not as uh, out and about trying to film things and actually uh you know ingratiate themselves in certain communities but yeah i I didn't really see much from the documentary genre uh that was worth Mm -hmm. mentioning um i think yeah the best one i saw was the michael j fox one still i think that was my favorite but yeah there there wasn't a lot of them yeah that was all right the albert brooks one was okay but i haven't haven't seen that one yet yeah it was nothing you know it's i mean it's it's funny it's it's fine but it's like nothing to i don't know nothing Mm -hmm. to talk about really nothing to bring up on a show such with, with, yeah. with such esteemed other, you know, entries as this. So. <laughs> um, I had a few more honorable mentions here. John yeah. McFour was one of mine. Like I said, Evil Dead Rise, I thought was a really good entry oh, into yeah. the Evil Dead franchise. Really fun. I will definitely rewatch that for years to come. Uh, movie Bottoms, that was oh, a yeah. pretty pretty fun little 90-minute comedy. Uh, I was afraid. Blackberry, you talked about Talk to Me was there as well. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't love that movie initially. I, I watched it a second time and I really, really liked it the, the second time. And then uh, Past Lives was my my final one there for my yeah, A24. That, was, that one. So, okay, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I didn't think to before. I'm gonna put that on my overrated list 
uh, for the yeah. year. I, I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very good ending, but I do think people are losing their mind a little bit too mm-hmm. much over it. Um, yeah, they, they definitely are. It, it's fine. It's a fine movie. It's not... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it is not what people want it to be. So. <laughs> Just yeah, I mean, I think there's a... I'm, I'm excited for 2024. There's, there's, I think Warner Brothers slate this year is, uh, it's, it's the standout. Obviously, there's, mm. you know, Beetle, Beetlejuice two is coming, Dune two. There's a, yeah. a lot of these. Uh, I'm very skeptical about Beetlejuice two, but yeah. I love the original so much, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what Burton does. It's been a while since he's made a, a great movie, but I'm gonna hold out hope. <laughs> it's so. tough to not get excited because I also love Beetlejuice, but. Yeah, and the, the odds are stacked against that. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. But but yeah, but yeah. Two Furiosa is on my list. Yeah. I, I, you yep. know, just I don't know if it'll be good or not, but I got to give George Miller, uh, you know, I got to give him a shot. So uh, yep. we'll see. And then and then yep. obviously, depending on how fast Tarantino decides he's going to make his movie, there, there's an outside chance that we see that before the end of the year. So who knows? Possibly. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Joker two, another Warner brothers, yep. Mickey 17, which just got, it's, it's coming out in the fall. Bong's a new movie. Another yeah. Warner brothers. Movie. I don't know. The Warner brothers slate is pretty stacked this year. So yeah, good, good. Should be, uh, should be an interesting year. These, this first quarter, first few months will be a little, uh, a little slow rollout, but I think once we hit it this summer and these other movies start getting finished, uh, end of the year should be strong. Usually like, like it always is. So excellent. But, All right. All right, man. It's been good. Um, yeah, tune in next time. We're, uh, you know, obviously this was a surprise episode, so you folks didn't know this was coming, but we are doing Mrs. Doubtfire for next episode, so make sure you get that in. And uh, don't forget to send us in any suggestions, comments, questions, or anything else to bingemoviehomework at gmail.com. And uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and Facebook. Chad, anything else for the people? Got nothing, man. All right. If that's it, I'm saying peace. See you. Thank you for listening to Movie Homework, a Binge Media production. Follow the Binge Media Podcast Network at bingemedia.com, patreon.com slash bingemedia, or wherever you get podcasts. Got a movie suggestion? An award suggestion? Send us an email at bingemoviehomework at gmail.com. Binge